0: awesome and we are live okay so we have today my friend felicia and uh, brought her on today to talk a little bit about her experiences uh topic for today is going to be hidden disabilities disabilities that uh, are there but you may not be able to pinpoint just by looking at someone so Um, Having said that, Felicia, I will turn it over to you for a little bit and just uh, have you tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Felicia. Nice to meet you guys. Um, So, hidden disabilities. Um, I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. It's actually type 3. So it's not like something that a lot of people see. It's not real noticeable on the outside, uh, unless you're like, looking really closely and you'll get like my scars (laughs) um there are 13 different types of them um but there's a lot of details with them so I'll probably just stick to a couple of the more common types of them um today so a little bit about myself um I'm an artist unfortunately because of my Dan lessons and though uh, I do have a lot of issues being able to get out and be active um, in that art area. Uh, I enjoy video games as a kind of creative outlet instead. Um, it's a little bit easier to handle. Um, I am a barista. I work part-time. Uh, it's hard to get in there and get that full 40 hours a week. Uh, definitely with all of the the problems that come with having Alzheimer's syndrome syndrome um so ellis danlow syndrome is a connective tissue disease Um, my body doesn't properly make collagen which is a protein that's found in your body it makes up about one third of all of the proteins so it's a major major protein the thing about it collagen is though it is the basically your body's glue. uh it's the part that causes the elasticity in your skin it helps reduce stretch marks wrinkles I uh, gives you that young you know look generally people that have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome don't I mean they look good they look young for the most part <laughs> at least some of them some people end up with um, if you end up with like the the like there's a skin one I have it here and it causes a lot of translucent skin and sometimes that can cause more problems with physical features. Um, and there are other ones that cause a lot of physical feature problems. Uh, the type that I have, type three, is hypermobility. Um, so with the collagen deficiency and the elasticity, Um, it does cause that hypermobility. Hypermobility is basically excessive flexibility. (laughs) Um, Things that you generally see in somebody that would practice yoga for like 30 to 40 years, um, people that, you know, religious yoga practices, people. Um, That's a good way that I like to explain it because a lot of the positions that you're able to do in yoga are actually things that people that don't, I don't work out. I can touch my shoulder blades <laughs> with my hands. I can grab them. Um, so it's very fun in some ways. Like I can zip up all my own dresses. Um, I don't have to, you know, worry about that. Sometimes I can freak people out a little bit because my knees hyper extend or I can make my, um, my whole entire thumb touched my wrist, and my both of my pinkies bend back more than ninety degrees, uh, which is kind of disgusting for some people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could see how that would freak people out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, but with you know those things, it also comes with parts that are not so fun. Um, you know, whenever you do things like push yourself to a point of possibly hyperextending something, uh, you could risk getting a dislocation um, or hyperextension or a sublaxation. And I think that that's something that a lot of people with type 3 Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome have a lot of problems with. My biggest problem, I think, would be my knees and my hip. Um, mostly on my right side which is probably because it is my dominant side Um, I do have a lot of braces I have braces for my ankles my wrists my knees Um, I'm supposed to get a compression um, brace for my shoulder and I have a cane for my right hip
0: and 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 kind of want to stop you there for a second and in the time that you know i worked together i mean i've i've seen you you know walk with a knee brace a few times and i've seen you walk with a cane a few times but i mean there were some days that that you look you know just like everybody else um can you can you talk about kind of the reactions you've had from some people um who maybe have seen you on a good day, to where you don't necessarily look the part.
1: I have actually received a lot of um, flack from some people for it. Uh, I one incident in particular stands out. I um, used to ride the bus to work every day when I worked with you, um, and there was one day I didn't. I didn't have my cane with me. I didn't have my um, my brace on my knee. So it wasn't really an obvious thing that I was having any issues that day. And it wasn't a great day, but the bus really agitates my hip because it's not a very stable ride. They suck at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I had sat closer to the door that day in the area that generally is, you know, they prefer for handicapped or um, elderly to sit there. Um, And I actually had somebody get on the bus and he made multiple comments to me in regards to the fact that I should have gotten up and given his seat, my seat, to someone else on the bus. and he made a really, really big deal about it. Uh, Luckily for me, I was very close with the bus driver at that time and he did know about, you know, my Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and, you know, I have a disabled bus pass Um, and that did help, you know, kind of ease some of the tension there, Um, but it made the ride very awkward, uh, having somebody there that's just kind of very negative about your placement because they can't, you know, they can't see. You don't, you don't look old. You don't, you know, you don't have any defining features, um, that stand out and say, Hey, I'm in chronic pain. I, you know, my hip is dislocated today or my ankle popped out of place, you know, four steps back and it's been dislocated and I'm just trying to get home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it's, it causes a lot of, glares I think is the big thing there at Walmart too god forbid you go use one of those carts
0: <laughs> right yeah um have you ever possibly tried to maybe use it as a teaching moment and if so what were the reactions you got from you know explaining what your situation was
1: I On multiple occasions have actually been able to use it as a teaching moment for a lot of people um with the people that I've worked with with people even in my everyday life um you know even some doctors doctors because Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is considered a rare disorder a lot of doctors are actually unaware of it and um, we actually have this saying We call people with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome we call them zebras, Um, and that saying more or less comes down to when you hear hoofs, you generally think a horse, right? Well, Mm -hmm. when a doctor sees a certain symptom, they generally think, oh, well, this symptom's often related to this. So with that, they you know they assume, oh, this person has this thing. Well. With Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, because it is connective tissue, it affects a lot of different parts of the body, um, ranging from your skin to your gastrointestinal and digestive systems, um, cardiovascular. A lot of people with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome end up having numerous gastrointestinal issues. Uh, I know... I when I got diagnosed with it, one of the big things for me was um, they told me that I was going to have to get echocardiograms regularly, um, which is scary, uh, <laughs> but it it became great for me to provide that learning opportunity for others because I've been able to go in, you know, into doctors' offices, you know, and you say, oh hey, I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, so please keep in mind that these items or these things can have a different effect on my body than a typical healthy person like for me I'm should stay away from muscle relaxers because my muscles are already too loose Um, so when I go into a doctor's office and I'm looking for you know some sort of relief for something like say I have I've been having muscle spasms in my calf for like three weeks and it got so bad that my calf flocked up and I can't walk. I go visit the ER and while at the ER, you know, the nurse is like, well, have you tried these items or these items we can give you, you know, a muscle relaxer. Well, I can't take the muscle relaxer. and That that gives me an opportunity to explain to them how Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome has affected you know things like that um, and it's been a really big learning opportunity um, I think for the medical industry as well you know that medical field is because it gives them the chance to kind of learn things from first like the first hand experience perspective um, of a person that has it uh, and then also things at like work um, I know when I originally started you know some of my jobs and stuff a lot of people have been like oh you have a lot of health problems um, and it's given me the opportunity to be able to explain to people more about unseen disabilities and you know those health problems that people suffer from I mean, it gives people a completely different perspective on things
0: yeah but um just out of curiosity, and you may not know this answer, which is totally fine, um, do you know how long um, EDS is? it's been since they discovered it? Like, um, is it an, a new discovery, or has it been a while, or?
1: Um, I actually, I've looked that up earlier today, and I didn't write it down, because I was like, I don't think that this is going to be very important. I guess it's more important than I anticipated. <laughs> um... I am not sure when it was first discovered. Um, I do know that it was originally discovered via the classical type of EDS, which is, um, formally categorized as type one, um, which is probably one of the most common next to, uh, hypermobility, which is type three. I'm not exactly sure when it was discovered, but it is a lifelong thing. Like, it doesn't get better. Um, And the life expectancy for some people with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is cut in probably about half, Um, particularly those with, like, the vascular or cardiovascular uh, form of it. Yeah, I
0: mean, when you start messing with the heart elasticity serious issues can probably come up
1: uh so. yeah they uh, a big thing that that they told me when i first found out was that like i said i was going to have to get regular echocardiograms um and that was really scary for me uh because they were like well your aortic valve could dilate because of the you know the elasticity your your valves are they have apparently tons of collagen in them (laughs) who knew um (laughs) and so finding out that they have to regularly check your heart to make sure that you know you're not having any dilation issues is really scary because you know you think well you know i may go to work one day and not come home because my aortic valve burst at work you know it's so it's really scary for a lot of people and I don't even have the vascular um I just have the hypermobile and they still want to monitor my heart um somewhat regularly so I can't I I feel so much for the people that have the vascular I wouldn't I don't think I can do it
0: yeah that sounds tough and and a couple of minutes ago, you alluded to when you first found out. So, so has this been later in life that you discovered this or has this been something that you've had since birth?
1: So it is genetic. Um, so I have had it since birth. Unfortunately, um, like had previously stated, uh, doctors generally, they see, you know, certain symptoms of certain diseases and they pinpoint it as one thing or another. Um So it wasn't really – it's the combination of multiple diseases and symptoms that kind of added up um, for a diagnosis, as well as my mother having been diagnosed with it, um, which is how I found out. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Mm. Um, And so it – when finding out, um, it generally they – do a Brighton scale test, uh, you can get a genetic testing done. Um, I know once you're diagnosed with it, uh, if you end up having children, they do monitor your children. Um, I know my daughter has already had her first Brighton scale test so far. She's in the clear. I'm hoping that she stays that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, hope so. Um,
1: unfortunately though, I do know that about when I was her age, there was some symptoms and, you know, issues that I didn't suffer from that are things that she'll probably develop or could develop later in life, like I did myself, um, like the gastrointestinal issues. Um, Me, I have celiac disease. I have uh, gastrointestinal reflux disease. I have gastroparesis and IBS. Um, And so it causes a lot of, you know, issues in that area Um, and that's something that I didn't start having issues with until I was closer to my 20s so I'm not not 100% on whether she's gonna stay EDS free hopefully
0: yeah yeah I can imagine that uh, the gastrointestinal issues kind of make dining out and finding appropriate food pretty difficult
1: on uh, nearly impossible. Um, I, because of the celiac disease, I have to cut out the gluten in my diet. Um, and I know there's a lot of speculation with gluten. Uh, there are gluten intolerant people and there are celiac people. So, um, they're kind of the same. There's people that they they can eat gluten, but they have a bad reaction to it. Um, but it doesn't cause as severe of reactions. Um, and then there are people like me where we end up having celiac disease, which is kind of, um, how would I explain this? It's like being a carrier for the flu. Uh, you can carry the flu, but you don't always necessarily have it while you're carrying it. Um, so celiac disease is a like a gene that you kind of are Predisposed, you might have it or you might not, um, but with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, if you carry that gene, you're more likely to end up, tr- the Ehlers-Danlos is more likely to end up triggering that activeness in the gene, um, which causes those, that celiac disease, um, and then with the gastrointestinal reflux disease, um, it makes it impossible to eat spicy foods or foods that cause reflux disease. So you no know, citrusy stuff or tomatoes. It's terrible. I'm not supposed to have caffeine, which is impossible as a barista.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
1: Um, and then gastroparesis causes you to your stomach muscles don't constrict the way that they're supposed to. Um, so food doesn't digest as fast. Um so my typical meal is about half the portion size that's a normal person should be, and it's going to take me twice as long to get that through my stomach and into my intestines. Sorry if all that's gross, guys.
0: I mean, it's it's real. This is this is real life. <laughs> yeah, so, and I think people want to to know about it, especially people who may be going through it as well. Um, <clears throat> okay, so let's kind of shift gears a little bit, and you know me knowing you for the couple of years that I have now, for the most part, you, you seem like a pretty, you know, happy go lucky, positive attitude type person. Um, for the most part, of course, I've known you, <laughs> you've had, you've had some good days, some bad days, but you know, for the most part, I would say you have a pretty good attitude and kind of give us some insight on how, um, how you got to that place, um, given your life circumstances.
1: Um, Well, I didn't find out that I had Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome until, I'd say, about three, four years ago now. Um, And I was, I mean, I was pretty happy in a pretty all right place prior to finding out. Um, I'm not sure how I got there, (laughs) honestly. i just mentally strong, I guess. Um, I try and see the positive. Uh, But when I... First originally started having a lot of issues with my muscles and like my joints. Um, it was hard. Um, really, really hard. Uh, because when you go in and you're like, hey, my shoulder hurts. And they've done, you know, scans upon scans upon scans. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with the muscle. You're fine. <laughs> it, it can be really difficult depressing. Um, And I think that the hardest part about all of it was not knowing what was wrong and not being able to fix it, not being able to do anything about it, not being able to treat it. Um, So when I got that, that Ehlers-Danlos diagnosis, um, it was, both heartbreaking and relieving at the same time, um, because I finally had something that I could put a name to. I could start treating. I could start, you know, making alterations to my lifestyle to suit what would make it better and easier and more comfortable for myself. Um, it has been an emotional battle um i think that the most heartbreaking part of it was realizing that at the age that i am i already have osteoporosis and arthritis um and it's caused a really big impact on my ability to do some of the things that i love i you know i really enjoy my artwork. I really enjoy drawing, um, and being creative and it hurts a lot now. Um, but I have also come out of it because of support groups really strong. Um, and being able to talk to others about it has also, you know, been super helpful. I think, uh, knowing that I'm not out there fighting this giant battle alone, um, and a, a really good support system, I think, is the like the biggest thing with being able able to overcome any setback in life. Um, is being able to have somebody there that understands, you know, how fragile you can be, but how strong of a person you are at the same time. Because it doesn't, you know, you can still be fragile and strong. As weird as that sounds.
0: But. No, I, I, I get it. Um, and I think what a lot of people don't realize if they're quote-unquote on the outside looking in at the disabled community is a lot of times within the disabled community there is a sense of grieving that goes on on an individual level that in, in many cases never ends because you know I myself and and several others that I've you know talked to have uh gone through some things and gone through a grieving process for a situation that they would never you know be able to obtain um for me when I was younger. I've I've always been a, a pretty big sports nut. And you know, uh, watching TV, watching sports on TV, and then you know, watching my brother play sports, and then me being on the sidelines, realizing that I'd, you know, in a lot of ways, never get to be that level of athletic. um, It it took a grieving process to come to terms with it, Um, and the thing, the thing about that is depending on the level of disability, um, there's going to become different grieving periods at different times. So it's like, you know, you're able to handle one thing and then you have a realization in life and then all those uh, emotions come back. So I I definitely get what you mean about um, it not always being, you know, sunshine and rainbows and and needing that support group that you were talking about. So that's Mm -hmm. definitely uh, very, very important. Mm -hmm.
1: It's a huge, huge thing. Um, I know with uh, my support group, um, sometimes I'll have like new symptoms or things that happen that don't normally happen a lot for me. And um, because with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and the connective tissue, it basically causes a bunch of different other like sub issues. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, like, you know, the gastrointestinal mm-hmm. reflux disease, um, like, it can also cause like fibromyalgia, mast cell issues, um, bone problems. Um, I know recently I've had this really, really, really annoying issue with mus- muscle twitching. Um, and like my under my left eye like my muscle just twitches like crazy lately and it's been really annoying um and it's nice to know that you know going through this I'm not I can go to that support group and I can say hey has anybody else had this issue you know and they're like yeah hey I've had this issue you know here's some things that you can try you know here at home before you go to your doctor and say hey I need something to fix this um and I actually spent about two or three weeks uh, just slamming just magnesium and potassium-filled fruit smoothies that I had made at home. And it's – I mean, it's gone. <laughs> no more muscle twitching in the eye. So it did – you know, it did fix it. Um, and so it's, it's nice to have that support group because you can – you can lean on them when you need them and they can lean on you when mm-hmm. you know they need you and i think that that has a really big impact in your mental health is because a lot of people that are on the outside that they don't they don't necessarily have the same problem and like even if they are part of the disabled community or not part of the disabled community when you're not going through the same things it's hard to you know it's kind of hard to relate um so having a support group you know that is specific to the same types of things that you are undergoing I think has a major impact as well um because they most of them have been there and if they haven't been there there's a chance they might be going there at some point um Mm -hmm. As unfortunate as that may be, or positive—I mean, sometimes it can be a positive thing—and <laughs> um, I think that that has a large impact on somebody's mental stability with something, um, and then also how your doctors view you. Um, I know with with a lot. Of people in the medical field, sometimes it's hard, um, you know, for doctors to see some things. It's hard for them to notice things, or they just, you know, sometimes you just end up with a crappy doctor, um, and to have a doctor also that is very adamant about working with what you have, um, and they're willing to educate themselves and get out there and learn what it's like for you from your perspective, um, I think also has a huge, 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 huge impact um, on your health as well, uh, both medically, you know, mentally and physically, because it allows them to, you know, say, hey, I can, you know, if you're going to your primary care provider, I can see where this can be mentally draining, you know, would you like to go talk? a psychiatrist or, you know, a therapist or something uh, and talk about this or, Hey, you know, I was looking into this and, you know, this is something that causes a lot of pain. You know, maybe there's a medication out there that we can find for you that might help alleviate some of that. Um, And I think that that's, you know, something that really has a big impact as well is that connection level with your doctor.
0: Mm -hmm. And Given the fact that you've only, you know, had this, this firm diagnosis for the last three or four years, um, has, have you found that a lot of doctors are pretty ignorant of your condition or do you think, you know, they've, they've had a pretty good grasp on it?
1: I would say most of the doctors that I've talked to have been ignorant. Um, and I do want to specify ignorance is not necessarily a bad thing. (laughs) Um, Some people view ignorance as just an insult. And I don't, I don't think it is, you know, in my opinion, ignorance is, you just, you lack knowledge in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had a lot of situations where I've gone into doctor's offices and stuff and I'm like, oh, I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And their response is not oh that's a connective tissue disease it's generally oh it's that flexi ability disease thing the one where you're super super flexible um which is probably the most unprofessional response ever Mm
0: -hmm. uh
1: but i get it i mean i get where where they'd come from i mean i can grab both of my shoulder blades at the same time with my hands so I, you know, I can see how that would be a a part that they would remember that sticks, um, but it's so much more than that because Ehlers Danlos syndrome, you know, with with the connective with the connective tissue disease, it does cause so many of those different problems um, because of the loose muscles. Uh, So it causes, you know, subluxations, dislocations, hyperextensions. It causes problems with the heart, the skin, um, your any of your areas that contain cartilage. Like my nose is more bendy than it's supposed to be as long as well as my ears. I can pop my ears inside out. It's kinda gross. (laughs) That's Um, interesting.
0: I've never heard that before.
1: Um yeah, yeah, I can like push them like in all weird and stuff and it doesn't it doesn't really hurt sometimes it hurts you don't want to do stuff that hurts though don't do it if it hurts
0: (laughs) right yeah (laughs) you
1: might you might dislocate something or subluxate something and you don't want to go down that road
0: (laughs) yeah it doesn't sound fun um and and I guess if you could call it good fortune I don't know but you know having had spina bifida all of my life spina bifida is actually one of the most common birth defects and has been around since, I think, at least the the late 70s, maybe early 80s. So there's been a lot of time and, and you know, effort devoted to it. And so a lot of doctors, you know, I think are, are becoming more and more educated on it. But I can definitely see how someone like yourself who has EDS that, you know, is not so common um, kind of would throw doctors for a loop. Um, which, in turn, I guess, <laughs> would probably frustrate you, um, you know, trying to find some answers. So, that, that definitely makes sense to me. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, um, when I first started trying to find answers, it took me six years before I got an official diagnosis. Um, and I only ended up with that official diagnosis because my mother ended up with a diagnosis. Um, Most people with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome don't end up actually finding out until they're like in their 40s. A lot of people from the support groups that I'm in have been like, oh, I didn't find out. I'm like 40 years old, 50 years old, and I just found out. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, it sucks uh, because they don't, Nobody knows about it, really. And mm-hmm. they, you know, when it causes so many other different conditions and disorders that that's just mostly what doctors see is the different um, disorders. They don't see them as a whole together.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. If you had. Uh, this is going to kind of be two parts to this question. If you had a message. To the Ehlers-Danlos community who are just now getting started on the journey that you've been on, uh, what would you say to them?
1: Don't give up. Stop being upset. If you aren't able to pursue the things that you thought that you wanted to pursue or that you are concerned that you can't pursue those things that you wanted to um don't give up hope like it's it's hard it's gonna be a long journey you know like myself I wanted to pursue art and knowing that I'll never be able to put in the same effort um in the same amount of time as a healthy artist is is hard but it never strayed away from my art because of that. Um, and I don't want anybody else to stray away from, you know, the things that they'd like to pursue. Uh, because of that, it is, it is going to be harder to do it. It is going to be longer and probably more painful. Um, but it is there. You can do anything that, you know, you had your mind set to doing prior to. Um, as well as invest in KT Tape <laughs> um, and a TENS unit. They are amazing. Um, I probably, there are days that I don't know that I would have gotten through my work day without KT Tape or a TENS unit. Uh, and get a reliable doctor. Make sure that when you You know, you find out that diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome that it's either the doctor that, that is giving you that diagnosis is one that you would fully trust in getting that information or find yourself a doctor that either is already educated about it or a doctor that is willing to get educated about it. I know my doctor, when I first went into her, I was looking for a good primary care provider um, that I could just kind of go to for everything that was in my area uh, closer to me than the doctor I was seeing. Uh, And she knew nothing about it. Um, And she spent a lot of time digging in uh, and trying to find as much information about it as possible. Uh, And that has had a huge impact on my health, I think, is the fact that having a doctor that is willing to listen and willing to look and explore um, the different options for your health is going to be... Super beneficial, um, you know. She's willing to step outside the norms uh, and find out. You know, hey, this is what works best. Um, so find a doctor that's going to do that. That's that's going to be there for you, not you know, be there for what you're paying them.
0: Mm. And and I think it's an interesting assumption that whenever we go to a doctor, I think it's kind of an automatic assumption that because they're a doctor, they're going to know all the ins and outs of the medical field. And that's simply not always true. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's, and I've been in the same situation. It's an interesting place to have to kind of educate doctors on, you know, what's going on and and what they may not know. Because, you know, like I said, we always kind of assume that they're just gonna automatically know, oh, this is this. Well, it has the symptoms of this, but it's actually this, so <laughs> kinda have to to let them know what's going on um okay, so part two of my question is someone on the outside looking in um what and I, I, what advice what um message would you want to send to them um if they may not know you know you very well or any anyone with the Ehlers-Danlos
1: don't judge a book by its cover um I don't I definitely do not look like I have issues I you know I'm not even 30 years old uh and I have osteoporosis arthritis I have bursitis um I have subluxations dislocations I mean I've subluxated my ribs in my sleep uh so don't definitely when you you know when you look at someone don't assume that that there's nothing wrong because you can't see it uh because a lot of people go through a lot of things um and i think the same would apply to a lot of other uh problems you know and unseen things like mental health issues um and if you do know somebody that has it, um but you just don't know them very well uh don't ask them if they are a hypochondriac, don't. That's like the worst question you can ask somebody with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Um, It makes them feel like crap uh, because walking around with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is basically walking around with like a medical dictionary attached to you. Like they've got symptoms upon symptoms upon symptoms. Um, And it's, feels to a lot of people, it feels unbelievable. I mean, you know, oh, this person's, you know, like me, I've got uh, postural ortho tricardia syndrome, POT syndrome, I've got gastrointestinal reflux disease, I've got IBS, I've got uh, uh, the um, celiac disease, the gastroparesis, I have chronic pain conditions. I have musculoskeletal issues. I've got vitamin deficiencies, and that's all things that you can't, you know, you can't see. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's hard um, for that person that is living with that, that's going through that. Um, so definitely don't, you know, don't be like, "Well, are you sure you have this wrong with you?" Uh, because this person that has Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, you know, like myself. We've been to probably about three or four different doctors in a single subcategory just to figure out that single issue that's wrong. Um, I know for me, when I went and first found out about my gastrointestinal issues, I saw, I've seen seven different doctors um, alone just for them to be able to pinpoint what gastrointestinal issues I had. Um and the process that I went through to just figure out those things. I mean, I ended up with a whole bunch of like scans and tests, blood tests, urine analysis you know, the, even fecal matter tests. They did little imaging things on my stomach. Like it's it's hard because you don't know what this person went through to find out that little section that diagnosis that's a subcategory of their you know their major major danlos diagnosis um so don't you know don't don't assume that they're hypochondriac just be there be be there offer support you know and offer an open ear for understanding you know listen get to get to know somebody about it get to know what it's like living with it you know educate yourself um even if it's through them or you know by yourself on the internet whatever makes you more comfortable
0: right and i think a lot of times you know people don't know what to say or what to ask so they just don't and that that's just as harmful as you know saying something offensive um i myself Personally, I would much rather say something offensive and us work through it than them not know what to say and just not say anything at all. Um, So that's, you know, I think asking questions is is definitely important, Um, but also educating yourself. Um, You know, we live in an age of technology, so educating yourself doesn't necessarily have to be one-on-one with the person that you encounter every day it can be you know like you said through the internet or through a book or or whatnot um so just arming yourself with that knowledge you know before you approach somebody uh would be very very helpful i (laughs) I would say
1: yeah
0: (laughs) all right well i think we're gonna start to wrap it up there uh felicia do you have any other uh closing remarks before we get this wrapped up
1: have faith in yourself no matter what you have or what you're going through um don't let others bring you down find a good support system somebody that you can lean on um get an animal if you can have one (laughs) I know I have a cat and I swear sometimes she knows when my bad days are um and she'll come up to me and she'll like lay on my hip and she'll need my hip and stuff and that it actually helps honestly it's weird but it helps um so definitely you know give give yourself something that you can take care of that is also going to provide you comfort um I think that that is a huge thing I don't think that I without my cat I would be in the same mental state necessarily in some aspects as I would have you know with it's it's weird um (laughs) i don't
0: know how to explain
1: that one um and be happy with yourself have you know believe in yourself i know it's hard and there are gonna be days where you're not going to like what you're going through you're not gonna like how you feel or how you look or how other people see you um But at the end of the day, uh, remember the things that you've gone through um, and what's gotten you where you are uh, mentally and physically. Uh, And nobody has to like you at the end of the day except for you. So don't let, you know, that stranger at Walmart that's giving you a dirty look because you're running around on the cart and you don't look like you're a broken person uh, make fun of you. Don't don't be happy with yourself. That is my biggest thing. If you can find happiness within yourself, everything else is just secondary.
0: One, two, also, if you cannot find happiness within yourself, it's going to be that much more impactful to those around you. You know, and, you know, they in turn are going to, you know, feed off the joy that you have in spite of you know your living circumstances so that's you know happiness is a choice i've always um yeah. i've always said and some days it's harder to to choose happiness than others but just you know everyday choosing to be happy is is key i would say so
1: oh yeah every day that you can get out of bed is a day that you can be happy because i'm there things out there that, you know, circumstances and things that can be hard. But if you can get out of bed and you can, you know, be happy, even if you don't feel happy, smile. Um, It's actually been proven to induce happiness. (laughs) So if you're not happy today, smile at like five different people. It'll boost your melatonin levels. You'll be happier. (laughs) Um, So it's being happy despite the things that you've gone through yourself um, with disabilities I've noticed has a huge impact on the way others see you Um, I know a lot of people you know they're like oh Felicia how are you so happy you've been through all of this stuff you're broken you hurt every day like how how are you able to do this um I I don't know (laughs) I it's hard, (laughs) but knowing, you know, when you come to work and, you know, or you go out and you do things that, and, and you're happy and you bring that happy atmosphere with you and other people see that, may it brings strength to you I think Mm -hmm. um and I think you know when when other people say oh hey that person's really broken you know in some way or another but they're still able to have fun they're still enjoying themselves they're still doing some of these things that you wouldn't think that they would be able to do or you know you didn't know that they could do um and watching others be you know like that person's really brave you know or that person is really strong it, it brings a positive feeling to yourself um, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of when you emulate happiness um, and you you know you kind of shine um, yourself you make others shine and that comes back it bounces back at you it's like a, a bouncy ball and You throw a bouncy ball mm-hmm. at a wall bounces back towards you um and i think that you know if you express confidence in yourself and others see that confidence they admire that confidence and it makes you feel more confident Mm -hmm. that is
0: 100 percent true it's all in your attitude
1: yes huge 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 impact
0: yeah for sure all right well that seems like a pretty great place to to wrap it up on choosing to be happy um felicia i definitely want to thank you for your time and uh the message you've you've uh shared with us today it's it's always important to not like you said not judge a book by its cover because it, when it comes down to it we don't know what anybody's going through so if uh i think if our listeners could could only go away with one thing from this this podcast today is you know, don't see a disability or, or, you know, don't see somebody with a hang tag getting out of a car who seems perfectly healthy. Take the time to educate yourself. And, um, you know, if you're in those situations, choose to be happy, put things in place that will, you know, bring you joy because they're out there if you'll just look for them. Mm -hmm. So, Felicia, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be a wrap for today. Uh, We'll catch you next week.
1: Bye.